They say the truth hurts, the truth hurts, so you about to feel pain And I gotta do work, God said I gotta do work Cause it's off with the name, Savage Truth Savage Truth, it's the Savage Truth, the Savage Truth this is the Savage Truth, and I am Pastor Roy Dockery. Want to welcome y'all to the show today. So we're going to have a conversation with my little sis Maya. Um, there's a lot of uh, engagement that happens in our community, um, especially those of us who have chronic illnesses or or conditions, about how that plays and and kind of what the trade off is between that spirituality and faith, right? So those of us who well, you know, and those out there who have illnesses, a lot of times people kind of say some insensitive things or I mean maybe not intentionally insensitive but they kind of make it seem like anybody that has a diagnosis does not have faith um and so I had to bring my sister who who, who doesn't only have a diagnosis she has a appearance like she is visibly <laughs> she's albino <laughs> so let me bring my sister all right she's albino so like I don't I don't know right and so she had asked the question like how you deal with it I'm like I don't you know it takes like now right I've got my I've got my alopecia spot, so people want to ask questions about that. Um, but Maya, like you, uh, you are a unique kind of light skin, and then you are also <laughs> uh, like got blondish red hair. Um, and so I know that even just like visibly, right? And so one, um, just you know, like you're you're you know you're albino. I, I've I've seen a lot of your things talking about alb um, albinism, like. Can you just share with people what it is just so that we're clear medically that you're not just light skinned? So, yeah. yeah. So albinism or the version that I have, there's different types. I have the version called oculocutaneous albinism. And what that entails is an individual. Um, it can be from any ethnicity, cultural background, lacks pigmentation in their eyes, hair and skin. This can only happen at birth through the recessive gene that both parents have to uh, carry, and it usually is accompanied by things like a nystagmus, uh, photophobia, and some type or uh, degree of vision impairment. Yeah, so like, so you said, lack of lack of pigmentation in your eyes, your skin, and your hair happens at mm -hmm. birth. Recessive gene from both parents, right? So like, you came into the world this way, right? Like it, it mm -hmm. wouldn't, it, it wasn't, it wasn't your sin. It wasn't your lack of faith. It wasn't mm -mm. anything, right? Like I was, you know, I was, you were born like that. You woke up like that, right? It wasn't an accident. Um, It wasn't some situation, circumstance, environmental, um, even, you know, mutations that cause cancer and things like that. It was just the way that you were born, right? And so that's one mm -hmm. thing that I think we have a, and so I, I want to touch on that point first, right? The All way right. that we were born, because- <laughs> There, there seems to be an aversion or a very poor methodology for managing, um, especially like illnesses and conditions that people are born with, right? Mm -hmm. People who are born blind, people who are born handicapped, people who are born with physical limitations that put them into like wheelchairs and things like that. Um, I remember looking at uh, like a documentary and some research about Benny Hinn and like when mm -hmm. he used to do his healing crusades they would put people who physically look disabled in a different part of the stadium. So people in wheelchairs, people who were blind or had some kind of physical, you know, like a like a you know, amputation or a deformed limb, they would put them away from like the stage so that like they couldn't come on stage to get prayers for healing. So like 
he, like the way that his his feeder system was set up, they were only feeding him people that didn't that you couldn't tell if they were healed or not, right? If I go up there and say I got cancer, you can say I'm healed and I can fall out, but like you ain't waiting for the biopsy results. You know what I mean? So, um, so when it comes to that, like what have you encountered um in your experience in dealing with people? Or like, like, what's been your response to that, right? Like, like you're, you know, this is a recessive genetic trait that you were born with. Um, how have, how do, so and I'm actually ask you two questions. How do regular mm-hmm. people respond to that? Mm-hmm. And then how do Christians respond to that? Okay, so I'll just give you some stories of what I've been through <laughs> with regular people. So in elementary school, um, I was, in the classroom, we were doing arts and crafts, and one of the other students, he was like, hey, can you pass me those scissors? And as I'm passing him a pair of scissors, my hand actually, like our hands accidentally touched, yeah. you know? And as soon as he grabbed the scissors, he starts wiping his hands off. Like, Come to find out, he thought I had some sort of disease because I looked the way I looked. Fast forward. When my biological mom was getting chemotherapy, I'm sitting in the weight room with my younger brother. And I, I had to be like maybe 10, 11, I think. Yeah. I'm sitting there minding my own business. And this older man walks up to me and he says, hey, do you have the thing that Michael Jackson had? You got the, you, that Villa Lago? He asked if you got, the, if you got that Michael Jackson. <laughs> If, if, if y'all don't know what vitiligo is, I have a whole video and a conversation with a brother of mine who has vitiligo. Yeah. Um, go Just go check that out. <laughs> it's two different things. And vitiligo has its own sets of trauma and stereotypes that they have to deal with. And that's why as a community, people with albinism and people who have vitiligo kind of stick together and we help each other out. But yeah. those are two of the earliest... Um, just like memories I have of people being like ignorant, or at least the ones that stood out the most to me. Like, and then when I got in that in between time of middle school and high school, uh, there was this store that my grandmother used to, like really loves to go into. Yeah. And I would go in there uh, with her and I'm the kind of person I, I don't like to linger in stores. Like I know what I want before I get there. I get in, get out. Yeah. I'm done. She likes to peruse, you know, sometimes like hours at a time. She the, my wife is like that. Kena like the stroll, right? We call it the yeah. walkabout. She just walk yeah. about the store. You ain't got no intention. You ain't trying to buy nothing. You just walk in the back. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I'm like, okay, well, she's, she's going to go around the length of this big old store. And I've already run around like three times. So I just go in between the aisles. And as I'm walking, looking at like stuff, I, I've noticed like, there's a, like a hat like floating on the next aisle. And so I go to the next aisle. It's this man that keeps following me and stalking me. Yeah. And I say stalking me because every time for a lot, uh, I think at least a month or two months that I went in that store, he was there and he was following me. <laughs> so I just stay, I did, I would go into like the sports section and grab a golf club and just keep it with me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm like, just a warning sign. Like I got something for you. If you know, um, but just things like that, uh, 
I've had people ask me, hey, are you white? Are you Puerto Rican? And then when I say no and I tell them what I have, they're like, no, you are this. Like, first of all, how are you going to tell me <laughs> what I got? Don't tell me who, what I am. Right, right. And um, so just a lot of that. Now to church folk. Yeah. Uh, and I say church folk because it's mainly church folk. <laughs> um, like, so, you know, growing up, I grew up in church for the most part. And I remember going to predominantly church, black churches, um, especially if, cause I grew up on the choir. So when we would go to like visiting churches yeah. or things like that, it, it, it never failed. Like as soon as I walked in the door, it was like everybody's necks were broken. Worship could be going on. Pastor could be screaming <laughs> and everybody's necks were broken. You know, people would just gawk at me. I'm over here like little old Maya who used to wear buns with the braid in the front trying to pay attention to the word to the best of my ability. And I got Deacon so-and-so gawking at me. Yeah. Um. So, and for those who don't know, like I grew up, like my childhood was very abusive. So not only were my parents <laughs> abusive and they didn't know that much about albinism, you have that compounded with all of this outside stuff. Yeah. So growing up, I hated myself. I hated my complexion. Um, and a lot of the ignorance earlier on that I went through came from other black folks. <laughs> yeah. And I just couldn't for the life of me understand, like, why is my own community tripping? Like, you know, at least if I tell someone who was white or Hispanic, like, Hey, yo, um, I have albinism and they left it at that. Yeah. I had black uh, classmates who were either jealous of me or tried to be my friend just because of the way that I looked. Um, and it was just the whole thing. So, you know, with both ends, people who aren't saved and people who are saved, I've had just a mixed bag of experiences. <laughs> yeah. And so, and like, and you talk, right. And it's the, right. It's the reality of we, and I know we've talked about this some in the, the Patreon community, like as humans, right. Our, our brains look for patterns, right. Neurologically, mm -hmm. we try to identify patterns. So like you're going to attract people's attention because it's mm -hmm. going to be very right. Like you don't quite look white. Then because you, you have like black facial features, right? You've got mm -hmm. black lips and you've got, you know, you got a full lips and, and your nose and then even your hair texture. Your hair mm -hmm. has a color, but it has a texture, right? It is so everybody's <laughs> like, what is going on? Right. And even just the, but I, you know, what I mean, like it's hard for me to even understand, like even with, with this, right? I grew my hair out mm -hmm. because I got tired of people asking me about it. So then like my dreadlocks covered it. And then like I cut my hair bald. And then it just kind of looks like a birthmark. So then people don't ask. But when my hair is like in this state, it's like, you mm -hmm. know, it, it's like, but only people can only see it when I sit down now. Right. Like I'm taller than most people. Like you're taller than most people. I'm, you know, I'm six two. So it's like, it's not something that I really have to deal with regularly. Mm -hmm. But when people do see it and it's different, it kind of pulls their attention. Right. So one. Yeah. Like, you know, and, you know, and, and, you know, just the, 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 the love for the grace of that God is giving you to be able to deal with, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you're the, like, like, you know, it, you know, the weird, and everybody out here, that's of a different race, right? Like when you're the only black person in a crowd of white people, when you're only white person in a crowd of black people, when you're only Hispanic in a crowd of black people, but it's like, it doesn't really matter where you go. Cause even if you're in a crowd of black people, 
you're like you're black, but you're not black. And if you're in a crowd of white yeah. people, like they're like, okay, something still looks different because, like you said, like you actually have no pigment. So even when you're around white people, you're not the same complexion, even though people would think that you were, because even they have some melanin, it's just less than than black people do. I got two points to yeah. that. It really is all God, because contrary to the person y'all see now, the one that seems meek and mild and all that, I was a fighter growing up in school because, you know, I couldn't, I didn't have the availability of my parents to say, hey, this is going on. Will you stand up for me? So I learned to fight for myself. I stood up for my brother. So when people would bully me, I was like, okay, I got you. <laughs> and when they least expected, it, they got got. And uh, yeah. not that I'm catch, proud of that, but God hands. had to really yeah. take me out of that. I remember um, in middle school, it was these three white girls that were kind of sitting at the table with me and they were having their own conversation. And they said something about black people. And I was like, I turned around, you know, I said, you do know I'm black. When I say they look mortified, <laughs> they look mortified because they knew like, oh, man, we can't be fake anymore. Yeah. She going to tell so-and-so and they're going to do X, Y, Z. And so it's always interesting, you know, I always describe myself like because I've been tall my entire life, like in elementary school, I was the tallest person up until middle school. Um, which is normal because then guys start having growth spurts and then all those things. But yeah. I was the tallest person for a long time and I've still been tall and I always felt like a highlighter. And when yeah. I started <laughs> doing research on albinism for myself and allowing God to remove and heal me of that bitterness, which took a long time and therapy and all that, I began to realize like, hmm, I'm not a mistake. And God had every intention of creating me this way for not only his glory, but so that people uh, can see the way that he creates in a different way. Yeah. And that, I think that's, I think that's beautiful, right? And it's how we, it's what we do with our pain. I know you and I have talked about that a lot and we talk about it in the community as well, because whether it's the, the actual pain, right. And we, I know, mm -hmm. you know, you suffer from migraines and, and different things like that, that are complications. Um, due to your um due to your albinism as well and it's like it's like what do we allow it to do right so it's like we can have mm -hmm. that dynamic of where we're always like asking god why right mm -hmm. like god why do i have this why do i have to be made this way instead of asking god why right like mm -hmm. why am i made this way not why did you make but like you know like why do i have pain like who am i supposed to relate to so it's like you can you can ask why as like a, as like a confrontation, right? Like you can ask somebody what you looking at <laughs> or you can ask somebody what are you looking at? Right. So it's like I could be looking at a painting and people can tell from my perspective that I'm not looking at the same thing that they're looking at. Or I can mm -hmm. say it in a confrontational way. And I think a lot of times the way that we're asking God why is confrontational it's not, um, and I had to teach my kids this early on, and this, you know, savage truth parenting that I do. <laughs> I taught my children that the purpose of asking a question is to gain information you don't already have. Mm -hmm. Right? That's why you should be asking a question. So, like, if, if I'm going to be asking God why, like, it's because I have a desire for him to give me information 
I don't I don't already have, right? Like you can look up what albinism is. You can look up the recessive genes. Like, and I, I preached that sermon on information. Like I can pull the information up. I know what lupus is. I know what sarcoidosis is. I know what discoid lupus is. I know how it's scarring my head. I know why it's scarring my head. But that's just information, right? Like, so then there's the question to God, who is who is my creator, right? Who uniquely and wonderfully made both of us. It's like, okay, why then? Like, I know what it is, mm -hmm. but why, right? And so I love the fact that you say, like, right, like you're a highlighter because like you can't, you can't be in a spice space and not bring light. You too light. <laughs> right? So even like, in the dark, in the I'm dark. more like, you visible than anybody else. Brightening <laughs> up the room. You brightening up the room, but it's the right, but and it's and it's it's interesting because it's like, then what do you do with that attention? And I, I shared that podcast episode with you um with the guy who had uh with the guy who got diagnosed with cancer, even though he was like super fit, did everything right, like you know, was a vegan and, you know, did own, everything was farm to table, like followed every checkbox. But one of his um, and then he got roasted by his friends for having cancer. Um, but the one um, the one thing that his friend said, he was like his friend told him, well, at least everything you do from now on, people will call you brave. Right. <laughs> so like anything you do now with one leg, they're going to call like, you know, with one and a half legs, they're going to call you brave, like just walking mm -hmm. right and going up the stairs and taking a jog, like all of that is brave. And I think not creating, you know, and that's the one thing about that is like, you know, he, he wasn't a believer. You could tell from the way he was talking, but there was mm -hmm. no sense of hope. Mm -hmm. And that's why sometimes I like listening to really, really smart people who have no faith because mm -hmm. no matter like they run into an, everybody runs into an intellectual wall where it's just yeah. like, well, I don't know. So at this point I give up. And I think, for believers, like that's where we get to, that's where we get to pick it up. That's where our faith takes over. Like I can look at certain things and diagnoses and the reality of genetics and biology and, you know, and all of that other stuff, but be able to get through all of that and then still get, you know, go past what we already know as human beings and then still ask God why at the end mm -hmm. of it, right? Like I know how, yeah. I know what it is, I know what the impact is, I know genetically how it happened. But like, God, why did you want me? Um, did you want me to be like this? Like, how do you want to get yeah. glory um, from 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 how you created me? Because, right, we're all creations intended to to edify him and to reflect his glory. So when it when it comes to to Christians to go to a more specific point or I guess a more specific question, like mm -hmm. what have what have you faced, especially from a lot of people who lean more towards the charismatic healing <laughs> kind of you know what i'm saying like everything that you ask will be given because this is my thing like i've i've been in those spaces with cancer i've had people tell me that with lupus i've had enough and i think i've told you guys in the patreon i had abundance of people who've laid hands on me to pray for me to be healed but how does that work with somebody who's albino because i don't know anybody that would have the audacity right it's a medical condition so, and people uh, act like they have healing powers but don't nobody touch you expecting you to turn brown so. Yeah. So um, nobody's done it in terms of my complexion. Yeah. When I've experienced and I'll say this, I've experienced more of this type of thing with the chronic migraine disease and the hypermobility disorder than yeah. the albinism. But specifically pertaining to albinism, the the vision impairment aspect of it is the area that I get the most ignorance in terms of the name it, claim it, charismata. 
yeah. Christian don't like you, know, you call it you visual impairment. That's why you can't see. And I'm like, right. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> I, don't get me started on that. <laughs> um, but like I've had people like, oh, God is going to give you clear sight. And, you know, I have people in my life who are like, oh, don't say you can't see. Don't say you can't drive. First of all, can we stop telling people what to say regarding their experience with any medical condition or disability or illness? Like that is not beneficial in the least bit whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, and I've never seen that in the Bible. If we're going to be all <laughs> fundamentalistic, I'm just you know saying. Because I mean? even Jesus was like, what do you see? To the right. man that he healed, right? And he was like, they look like trees. And he was, you know what I mean? He at least asked. He didn't be like, you can see now, can't you? No, right. he did not. He asked him, think, what do you see? <laughs> right. And I think with vision impairment or disabilities in general, people who don't have a disability or illness automatically assume that if you're disabled or you have an illness, that that means you're in the sunken place. You're not valuable. You can't contribute a lot of that times it makes us more resourceful. So whereas people would be like, oh, like God's going to heal your side or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I appreciate the sentiment, but never in my life have I had to depend on God more. Yeah, I can't drive. So that forces me to step out of my comfort zone and ask for what I need. It forces me to use the resources God has given me. And it's also humbled me because when you have to depend on people. Yes. <laughs> people who are late, people who may not have the time, people who are just people. Like it really humbles you because you see just how finite your abilities are and how infinite God's abilities to provide for you are. Um, so that's the main thing I usually get people like, oh, God's going to heal your side. I'm like, don't tell me what God going to do because he will tell me what he going to do when we talk. And that, and this is the thing. And I, and I talk, I think I talked about it and I, there's so many videos I recorded that I haven't released. Um, but it's like the one thing <laughs> is like people want to project their will on you, but then act like it's God's will. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like it make like for, and what it really is, is it makes me uncomfortable that you have a Bingo. disability. Right. So like, I want your disability to be gone so that I feel more comfortable when as Christians, right, as a believer, then if if you're around me and you have a weakness, then to me, I feel like it's then that means if I have something you don't, then like if, if you don't have eyes and I do and we're supposed to be one body, then I'm going to see for you. Right. I'm not going to pray that you see like I have eyes. So what are you trying to look at? Let me know. And I'll see for you. But I think we get into a confused concept of the body, right? And then when we look at our own body and we're in, in like the standard, the expectation is that our body is physically functioning, right? I can see, I can hear, I can speak, I can, I can move, I can walk, I can, I can kneel and I can crouch, right? So it's like we're so spoiled by the fact for a lot of people who are healthy, right? And even different degrees of healthy, but like you can functionally do um, things that that you know that the the average person can do, it's a it's a level of selfishness in all of mm -hmm. these requests because in reality, like if I come alongside you, right, and you my little sister, and I'm like, 
you know, like you said, defending, I'm going to defend my sister. Like, if Maya need to go somewhere, she can hit us up and we going to make sure she get where she, because, like, you not going somewhere isn't because you lazy and don't take care of your money. It's because you can't drive, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. so, like, let's make sure <laughs> she can get where she needs to go because that's what, dis- disabilities to me expose other people's unwillingness to love people. Can I say something? Go can ahead, I say go something? Ahead. Let me tell you. So I was listening to that message that I sent in the Savage Truth Discord. Yeah. Uh, I listened to that like two months ago and something Pastor Tony, Dr. Tony Evans said, he was like, Jesus didn't heal everybody. And never in my life had I thought about it like that. <laughs> like, wait a minute. So I'm not in the wrong for feeling like I'm feeling too. Yeah. Because Jesus didn't heal everybody. People don't pay attention to that. They just feel, they just uh, pay attention to the people he did heal. And what that does when we negate, you know, certain parts of scripture to fit our comfortability, what happens is when people who are chronically ill or have disabilities come into the church and people lay hands on them and they don't get healed, guess what? Those same people fall through the cracks and now they don't ever want to come back to church. They don't want nothing to do with faith in Christ. They don't even... They pro- and they may not have the resources to get to church because nobody is building relationships with people simply because they're not getting healed on their timeline or they're not uh, being presented in the way that they deem normal. And to me, that is so problematic because I'll be honest, never in my life have I been more tested. And I have been through a lot in my life. Yeah. But my faith has been more tested in chronic illness and disability than anything else. Yeah, because when you are in a culture of Christianity and, you know, regardless of denomination, that the same things are interwoven without these denominations. And that's oh, you lack faith because you didn't get up out your wheelchair. You lack faith because the migraines didn't go away. Pray harder, you know, and then you have people like trying to lay hands on you, sending you medical advice, remedies. First of all, you're not nobody's doctor. <laughs> you get sued Second for that. You get locked up for that. Second, stop giving un, right. stop giving unwarranted right. natural. You know what I mean? What you need to do is uh, you know, suck on this ginger root and uh rub this on your eye. Be like, um, nah, I'm good. Uh yeah, and it's crazy. And nowhere in the Bible do I see that. I don't see and if people want to talk about well, Jesus did or didn't do this, we again we attention to detail is only applied to the details we want to see. Yeah. Jesus uh, didn't always say, hey, you need to do this. He met their deepest need before even meeting what other people would focus on most, which is the healing. And then if you think about in the context of the Holy Spirit, how is he referred to? He's a comforter. Yeah, We we think about the revelation and the practicality and the conviction, but we forget that there's a whole other side to the Holy Spirit that is just as important and that's comforting. And if we really want to model biblical principles, we got to get back to learning how to comfort and sit with people as uncomfortable as it will be for you to not regurgitate advice. (laughs) Sometimes your presence is all that somebody needs. (laughs) And the other thing that people write and we talk, it's the, you know, we talk about that, like that convenience of comfort. Like I like it, you don't like, and the other thing is people don't take into account that them being comfortable is a blessing. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So like when you look at being comfortable as something that is not a blessing from God, then you start to look at anybody who's uncomfortable or has something that creates discomfort as if they're cursed when you're not even looking at your own wholeness as a blessing. Right. Like if somebody's born with a genetic condition that they clearly did nothing. Right. Like if mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like somebody, you know, born, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an 80s baby. Right. Like I grew up mm-hmm. with a lot of crack babies. You know what I'm saying? That had <laughs> I mean, honestly, that had um, um, uh, calcium deficiencies that had. Um, you know, growth deformities, right? Like, because there were so many people who were born that had like chemical issues or or genetic issues because of the the um because of the drug use, right? But like, mm-hmm. you have a whole generation of people who grew up like that. It's not their fault, but like, it makes people uncomfortable, and that's why I was you know taking a shot at the Christians because yeah, somebody will come up to you and pray for your vision. Somebody will come up and pray for your migraines, but the same genetic condition, right? The lack of pigmentation mm-hmm. that's <laughs> impacting your eyes and your and you know and then migraines and the ability to receive that right without causing neurological issues is the same thing that's in your skin so mm-hmm. why would somebody right like if you're talking about the god that can move mountains if you're talking about the faith of a mustard seed like you don't even have the faith to pray that my albinism is reversed on the visible aspect so mm-hmm. you're praying that stuff that no one can see will be resolved But even if you had as much faith as you're claiming I need to have, then you would be praying for the things that are visible. You'd be praying for the right. There are very few people that's going to pray for somebody to stand up out of a wheelchair and stand there and wait for it. There's very few people that's going to pray for somebody's hand to grow back. Right. It's a lot Mm -hmm. of people running around here with prosthetics that are in wheelchairs. And I don't see all these same naming and claiming people going, grabbing nobody by the knee and trying to regrow a Mm -hmm. foot. Because even though it's like the convenient things, right? It's the internal problems. It's the stuff that you can't see. And in the moment, right? Like we all get those emotional highs and we're, you know what I mean? Like our like our neurons are firing and our serotonin is increasing and we just feel better because it's a better moment. And you could, somebody can pray over you. You feel better in that moment and wake up the next morning with the worst migraine you've ever had and be like, oh, that wasn't healing. That was emotion. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, and, and that's just what it is, but I think that's, it's ironic and it's telling at the same time, right. That people will, people will do that. Right. They'll be like, you know what I mean? Like, ain't nobody ever touched my head and be like, let this scar grow back. Ain't nobody ever done that. But people be like, oh, Mm-mm. let's stop the lupus flare ups. Lord, like you don't even know what my flare ups feel like. You can't yeah. even under, right. You never said enough. You can't even pray for me specifically on what ailment you're trying to heal because all you hear is lupus, right? Like, everybody's Mm -hmm. lupus is different. Do you even know how mine is active? You know what I mean? Do you know how my sarcoidosis or connective tissue disease impacts me? Like, do you know any of that? And 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 it's you don't. Like, my wife prays for me very specifically. My children pray for me very specifically because they know what about my condition actually impacts me, right? They know what makes me tired. They know what disconnects me from them. And that's what they're praying about. And like, and I, I love their prayers. Honestly, most other people's, I'm like, you haven't even taken enough time to get to know me to understand what I would want to be improved for my life, right? What I need to be comfortable mm-hmm. um, to walk in my calling, to do what God called me to do. But it's that, it's that comfort and convenience. And what I, you know, and I, I you know, it's that, uh, that like spiritual gentrification, like everything's yep. got to be at a certain <laughs> standard. So if you're not at a certain level of health, then 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 there's something missing, right? Like if you're not at a certain level of income, 
there's certain something missing. If you're not at a certain level of of happiness or stability, then something may be missing. Not the reality mm-hmm. that the differences that we see in our society, whether they're economic or or genetic or physical or mental, are to show the picture, right? Like all of that in totality is the puzzle of humanity, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. whether people have a mental disability, whether someone's blind, whether someone has a physical disability, like that's all what comes out of the, the genome of humanity. And it's mm-hmm. the picture of it. But we want we want the mean Right. Like we want the mean average in the middle and not the tail ends that actually drive the the variations. Right. Because some of the evolutions mm-hmm. that led to the recessive gene you have is why people are blonde is why people's skin is lighter and have Right. Like so we want to we want to appreciate science in one regard, but then we want to ignore it at the same time. And so I guess the last thing yeah. I'll talk about is just like the the sometimes like the perceived Christian aversion to like just scientific reality. And I think this is why you get a lot of people who are like scientific or engineering minded that become atheists or agnostic because it's like, I can't believe in science and God at the same time. So I can't look at the genetic right impact of albinism, but then still have faith in Jesus. Like I don't, I'm, you know me, Mm -hmm. I'm an engineer. Like I've studied it. I've studied nuclear physics. Like I've done all of that. And I still very clearly believe in Jesus. You know, it's Pastor Roy's show. So, like, I don't deny that. But it's weird that, like, you know, I see everything that's been set in motion in nature, in science, as the way that God created it. Right. It's his design. And now everything's running um, from like almost an autopilot um, in line with God's design. Mm -hmm. But then but people tend to fight against that, right? Like, nah, like that's not what it is. And then, you know, and then they want to go and we see this now, right? With the people that don't want to get vaccinated, that don't want to wear a mask. Like you're ignoring science (laughs) on that, but you're driving a car that's created by engineers. You're, you're complaining about it on a phone that's designed by people with technology that you don't understand how your voice and your picture is visibly present to somebody on the other side of the world or the other side of the country. But it's like there's only certain things and a lot of it has to do with the physical body, right? Like all Mm -hmm. the science around us, even that we're using right now, I can't even count the amount of technology that is just in front of me, right? There's three (laughs) monitors, four cameras, a television, multiple light sources. Um, But what what have you seen with that? Like, where do you where do you think that struggle is? Why? When it comes to the body, we try to be like extra spiritual but then we interact with everything else in society that's clear, clearly science and, and scientific invention, but we don't have that same perspective of it. So it's funny that you asked me that because given my major of kinesiology, which is the science <laughs> of how the body moves and biomechanics. And so the purpose for me getting that degree was because I have been fascinated with how God designed our bodies yeah and being able to study that with the knowledge that no matter how much we study the human body we'll still never reach the full depth of exactly how amazing god is in his creation process yeah so like you know i've never viewed science as something that goes against god (laughs) i've viewed it as something like created by god and something that helps us study and have a greater appreciation for the character and the creative uh, aspect of God. 
Yeah, and it's um, like the knowledge said. thereof, but not the fullness of it, right? Like science right. is a limited explanation of what God designed. In my opinion, that's how I've always, that's how I look yeah. at it. You know, even <laughs> even when I was agnostic, I was like, yeah, there's a design to this. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like this kind of, yeah. this is not random. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so I'm going to address this with albinism, chronic migraine, and my hypermobility disorder um, in reverse order. So I have something called hypermobility disorder. Um, currently going through a diagnosis process because there's some other things with that. And I had had this my entire life. And it's basically where an individual like me has the characteristics of height, uh, slender build, and overly hypermobile joints. Like I can easily put my thumb behind my hand go like that you know yeah without batting an eye and because i'm so hypermobile, my body responds with pain um okay. and it is constant pain uh does not go away and over my uh over my life the pain has fluctuated uh it's resulted in over 20 plus injuries i've dislocated my uh right kneecap twice i've had over 18 sprained ankles fractured hip bone and tore hip flexors. Um, I just had a gambit of, of things going on. Yeah. And so the last couple of years, the pain has gotten, it's progressed uh, and it's gotten worse. And so recently I started wearing like the, the copper, whatever you call them, like the copper hand compression yeah. gloves. Yeah, the Tommy, the Tommy coppers. Yeah. Yes. And so I was at a church and mm. I was, uh, on worship and I was setting up and I guess the other people saw me with the glove. I, you know, I don't always feel the need to self-disclose, especially if I'm about to worship the Lord. Like, let yeah. me do my thing. So keep that in mind. And then two weeks later, I'm not playing, but I'm just leaving church and someone stops me. He's like, Hey, Maya, how's your hand? Like, uh, I noticed you wore that brace. Like me and so-and-so had an attack in our hand this week. So, okay. nothing burns me up <laughs> more than over spiritualizing any and everything at attempt to to really make yourself more comfortable in somebody's pain. Like, how one insensitive is that? You don't know me. You don't know what I'm going through. You didn't care to ask, and you're just gonna equate my pain to an attack. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, see, I'm a jerk, right? Um, Even though I try to be nice, because my response <laughs> uh -huh. would have been like, yeah, you probably were being attacked for judging me and how my hand felt. Like, so <laughs> now you feel what I felt. Because, you know what I mean? You over there looking like, mm, you know what I mean? Like, it's copper, so that's mm -hmm. witchcraft. Um, You know what I mean? So it's just, oh, my goodness. Like, oh, you know, I had an attack in my hand as well. Like, okay, that's, that's cool. Like, <laughs> I have hypermobility, so yeah. I hope you work that out. I hope you figure out that situation. <laughs> Um, yeah, maybe the, judgmentalness like, is uh is something you need to pray about that might be getting right. internalized and manifesting itself. You know what I'm saying and, in your physicalness. Yeah, and I'll be honest, like I'm very quick with it. I might be meek, but I'm very quick with it. And something the Lord has really done a good work on me about is like picking my battles because like I'm really quick with it. And I had in that moment, I heard myself say something. That wouldn't have been appropriate for the house of God. And I was like, let's just let me go. Let me go. Let yeah, me go. just just and, that's uh, one thing my wife has been amazed at. Cause like one of my favorite things to do is to shut people down. 
Mm-hmm. And like, I haven't done it in years. And she just be like, I'm proud of you, baby. I know what you could have done right then. And you just, I'm like, I just walked on past it. I'm just, Lord's working on me. I, I, done, I done done it. It's still in my mind. It's not even in my mm-hmm. mind as often as it used to be. Like, but sometimes uh-huh. you still, people still get shut down in my head. It just ain't coming out yet. So the, so the heart is, you know what I'm saying? The heart is getting renewed. But like you said, my Literally. mind is quick, right? Like quick with it. And I'm super sarcastic. So it's like, um, you know, that I need deliverance from that more than I do from lupus. Because uh, yeah. that, that, <laughs> that causes me more, more problems than anything else. Yeah. And what and another issue I run into in terms of chronic migraine disease is just like anything else, people don't realize that there is an individual experience to these conditions and disabilities. So my experience as a person with albinism is night and day to all of my friends with albinism. And same thing applies to chronic migraines or any other thing. And I run into this issue of people feel the need to assume that I have attack, an attack, a lack of faith. I'm not praying enough. Um, I'm not praying the right things. I'm not doing enough. You know, there goes those, you know, remedies and unsolicited advice. And when you explain to them, you this is a neurological disease that affects individuals in a, a, a myriad of ways. There's people who experience acute migraine, yeah. less than 15 headache days per month. There's people who experience chronic with varying symptoms, hemiplegic, um, intractable, vestibular, stomach migraines. Uh, there's a whole lot of them. And I'm one of the rare few that experiences multiple and sometimes multiple in any given day. Yeah. And when I'm trying to communicate this to people, it just gets like brushed off. Like, well, don't say that. Don't claim that. Like if I had a dollar for every time somebody said, don't claim that when I was just talking about a, a fact, just a thing that information. I'm going through. Yeah. It's just information. Right. Yeah. And they interpret information as a lack of faith. Like if we spent more time assessing our own faith instead of diagnosing other pe- people's faith, I think mm. we'd be a lot farther along in the mm. church. <laughs> yes, yes, you know what I mean? Like, you want to do some diagnosis. How about just reflect? Because that's the other thing, too, because the thing that it's it's revealing to me is mm-hmm. that that tells me that your faith is predicated on you being whole. So that if 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 God and it, you know what I mean and then it, and then to a certain degree it's I started to feel an appreciation right because the they the, you know the the Bible says like you know that God won't put more on you than he you can bear mm-hmm. right so I think the level or the 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 measure and you know everybody doesn't have the same measure of favor everybody doesn't have the same measure of grace everybody doesn't have the same measure of faith but to have faith as someone who's chronically ill, to have faith as somebody that's physically disabled, right? Like for somebody in a wheelchair who can't move and can't kneel and pray, when people talking about praying as if you're not doing it, if you're not kneeling, right? Like, and that's the kind of stuff that I think about just being like, I don't have that severe of an illness, but I'm, I'm you know, I was talking to somebody like, well, you got to confess with your mouth. What if somebody's deaf? Right. Like, you know, you got to wake up every day and read your Bible for two and a half hours and pray. What about people who can't keep their attention span that long? What about people who can't read the Bible? What about people who can't read at all? 
who've got a developmental disability. You tell me that somebody can't communicate to them. They can't hear the word and respond in a way, right? Because God made a way to speak to everybody that he created, right? But if it's not the way that's convenient or familiar to you, if somebody's not, and this is the problem, right? With us not treating people as individuals, with us not treating faith as individual, with us not treating relationships with Christ and with God in the way that we commune with the Trinity of God, as individual, right? Like mm-hmm. the way that you pray gonna be different than the way that I pray, right? And it should mm-hmm. be because we're individuals, right? We're fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, but we like to we're, we like to put people in boxes that make them comfortable, and it makes it we put people in easy categories, right, to treat mm-hmm. them. So like, yeah. and then that, but honestly, this is why most people in church aren't honest. Everybody got something wrong with them. People just mm-hmm. aren't honest about it because you don't, you know, you'll wind up, you wind up finding out somebody got the cut foot, the foot cut off. You didn't know they had diabetes. You didn't know they had gout. But it's because like we feel like we gotta hide any imperfection from the public when we're in church because the church um, ties any physical imperfection, any diagnosis or disease as if it's a lack of faith or a curse from God when like some of it is environmental, right? Like I had mm-hmm. asthma growing up, but I lived in a house with kerosene heaters and I had parents who smoked. Mm-hmm. Like it's not my fault. Like I couldn't breathe right as a kid. You know what I mean? Like, like that was, that was an environmental issue that was precipitated by, by stuff that I was around. And like, you know, what about people who get, you know, my grandmother one of the on my, 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 on my mother's side, my maternal grandmother was extremely faithful woman worked hard her entire life, but then got in a car accident and then wound up disabled and older in her life had to be on a hover round and, you know, and like had something that was like a crippling disability that happened to her when she was older in life. Um, And that changed her dynamic and it changed her interaction with her church because when she Mm -hmm. couldn't serve as much, when she got to the point where she needed to be picked up, she couldn't even get to church no more because they wouldn't come pick her up. And let me, let me, let me say something. I found, unfortunately, and I keep mentioning the word of faith and the name and claim it because it's really done a lot of damage when it comes to things like therapy in general and people yeah. receiving therapy when you have a, a disability or chronic illness. Because we cannot go through life and live well with whatever we have if we carry this by ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Like that's just impossible. So you need a support system. You need therapy, some way to get it out. Because like the only reason I am not bitter is <laughs> because of the grace of God and therapy. Had I held all that in, that could have just added to the whole list of medical things that I faced. And I find, unfortunately, because of those two mo- movements, that that mindset about healing and all that is permeated people who have a disability or a chronic illness. Yeah. And it seems seems to be two camps within that. It's either... They don't want anything to do with the church because they they feel like, well, I can't contribute to nothing. And people become isolated because people in the church don't feel the need to reach out, which we're called to do that. So I don't know why we ain't doing that. Yeah. Secondly, people have, you know, once you grow up in an atmosphere of a movement, I find that people really hold to that and they're afraid to let that go because um, they don't know what's on the other side. Yeah, and instead of chasing and instead of chasing Christ, what they're trying to chase is healthiness, right? Because mm-hmm. something must be wrong with my faith. So instead of me trying to get closer to Christ, like I'm trying to check off all of these boxes and then it leads to a lot of like fundamentalist, legalistic kind of thing and like, oh, well, I still had a bad thought yesterday. 
That's why I'm not healthier, right? Like everybody else around you is still sinning as well. Mm-hmm. They're not in a wheelchair, right? Like, um, and so mm-hmm. in, it's that dynamic that's 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 terrifying to me because, right? Like my my relationship with Christ, like my faith is what sustains me for a lot of reasons, right? I shared in the community that like mm-hmm. I recently got diagnosed with PTSD, but it's like the way that I navigate all those things, like having a having information does not. Men, to me, it every every time I get bad news, it glorifies God. Mm-hmm. Because no news that I get is changing who I am. Right. And that's what we talk about. Like, you know, you can you can have migraines, migraines don't have you. You can have lupus, lupus doesn't have you. So, like, to me, it's the beauty of it is is that every time somebody tells me what I shouldn't be able to do. Every time somebody tells me an abnormality or a disability or a condition or an illness that should be limiting, that should be reducing the effectiveness of my brain, of my eyes, of my my lungs, right? I got to get a pulmonary function test tomorrow morning because my lungs should be reduced in capacity. Anybody who Mm -hmm. can hear my voice right now, I don't sound like I'm struggling to talk, even though I've got (laughs) scarring in both of my lungs. Right. So it's like everything that I do keeps amazing people. Mm-hmm. And it's like it allows me to give God glory because I have no idea why. It's not because. Right. And I'm not one of those people that are like I work out eight hours a day, even though I got lupus and I don't do any of that. <laughs> right. I read. <laughs> I read. I kick it with my family. I work. I, you know, what I mean, I take I, you know, I reach out to my community. I pour into my Patreon. Like that's what I do because I'm not even trying to prove from a physical perspective, I can overcome it, right? I can go run a marathon with lupus. I don't care to run a marathon. I don't want a medal. I want more people in the kingdom. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not, I don't have time for that. But being able to do this stuff, when looking at the information, I shouldn't be able to, right? Mm-hmm. It just, it makes me appreciate God more by by thanking him for the measure of faith that he's given me, right? To still believe and to trust in him, even though, I am not the level of normal that most people who have faith in him have because I've seen Mm. people lose their faith when somebody they know gets cancer, let alone not them getting cancer themselves. Right. When grandma dies from a chronic illness, you lose your faith in God. Where like you ain't even like with Job, Job got touched last. Right. Like the Mm -hmm. kids got touched like everybody else got touched. And so I've seen people's faith be impacted by people around them being touched, their children, their spouses, right? Like all of this stuff where it's like with when you you're the one who actually has it and deals with it and wakes up and fills it every day and still decides to say, thank you, God. Right. Like people are waking Mm -hmm. up saying, thank you, God, for feeling great. We're waking up (laughs) saying, thank you, God, for waking up. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, here today. Thank you, Jesus. What we doing? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And with, you know, having a chronic illness and having a disability, like there's ups and downs mentally as they're, I mean, it's it's only normal and it's only, you know, to be expected. But the thing that pulls me through every time is the goodness of God. And, And I've learned that those things have, especially after I graduated from college, it has continued to refine where I need to put my energy. Yeah. It continues to refine what I need to give my time to and what I don't have time for. Um, it continues to refine uh, my vision for the the volunteer work and the outreach and 
you know, the speaking and all those things that I do, because I know that if nothing else, I did what I was called to do. And sometimes, a lot of times, that means I'm called to rest so that I can be effective in those areas. And, you know, it's just very interesting to me because all my life people were like, oh, you do this, like you're superwoman. And I'm just like, I don't feel like superwoman. And to be honest, I I never feel like I'm doing enough. I feel like there's always more (laughs) that I could be doing like, okay, God, I did this. All right, let's go. And he's like, if you don't sit down and rest, (laughs) like, um, I remember playing basketball uh in high school and I never told anybody that I was visually impaired on the team or like my peers and stuff. And then when they found out, uh, they were like, you mean that you're playing basketball <laughs> legally blind? How does that even work? And I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't <laughs> really describe explain it. Like, it. I don't really know. I just know what right. it is. I was just <laughs> like, look, God just has a way of, you know, giving you, you know, tips and tricks that you can't even communicate to other people sometimes. Yeah. And it's that, and it's like I said, it's that faith and it's that, that grace and, um, in his favor and that, and you know, and it's, and it's funny because I, I told my wife and, uh, I was talking to one of my, one of my mentees, he had texted me and, um, like after I spent my time in my flotation pod, right. Um, <laughs> and just in reflecting, it's funny because like when you, you know, you just said like, I'm not superwoman, Um, and it's, I told my wife, I said, the way that I want to respond when people ask me how I am, I actually want to say I feel mm-hmm. supernatural. <laughs> right? Like, I'm like, and you know, like Superman is the thing. Cause like my wife gave me like a Superman card, which I got a new one that I carry in my wallet. Because like when I was, you know, when I was at my worst physically, I was being awarded for being the best at what I was doing. And my wife was like, I don't, and like, I couldn't explain how. I didn't know how I had the energy. Like, I, you know, I'm supposed to have confusion and fatigue, but like I'm, I'm beating out my, my colleagues and, and doing all of this other stuff. But when I, when I reflect on it now, like the more that I know my natural is, the reality that I know about my natural body, right? Like my, my, like my genetics, my, uh, my joints, you know, things like that. The more that I know about my natural not being even average, right? My my mm-hmm. natural is below average, but the things that I'm able to do exceed most people's natural abilities. So I'm like, but that's God putting his super on top of my natural, which I've heard people say, but God got to put some natural into my natural and then add some super on top of my natural. So I'm like, (laughs) and like, that's how I feel. Like, that's how I feel every day when I reflect on that, right? When I'm not, Mm -hmm. when I'm not worrying about or praying for the fourth time for God to reveal the thorn from my side. Cause that's, I was like, Paul prayed three times. That's where I'm at. Um, You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm I'm, I'm past that point now. And I'm like the, you know, and the same thing, but like God strengthening me is a blessing, Mm -hmm. not needing God's strength for your natural body is a blessing, but it's still a blessing, right? And we need to Mm -hmm. stop acting like, you know what I'm saying? Anybody who isn't the situation that we're in, anybody who's normal or whose average isn't our average is somehow, you know, deficient or in in some way out of step with God. Like, no, that's not the reality. That's not what it is. Um, Like like God loves us all the same and the, the measures of things that God has to give us um, is different based on how he designed us, right? So, like, I thank God for the yeah. patience, right, that I've had to develop 
dealing with physicians and nurses and doctors, but that plays into my career. I now work in healthcare <laughs> with doctors and <laughs> nurses and physicians, and I have like an abundance of patients, and I can give very, vis very, very visceral, emotional, personal mm -hmm. stories to people who tell me I don't care about healthcare. <laughs> right, and I'll be like, okay, let me let me share. Like I've I've brought people to tears in business meetings. Right. Wow. Like just because like, don't don't talk to me about that. Right. Like one of my employees is the same <laughs> way. His daughter has some chronic issues and some developmental stuff. And so somebody hit him with a he don't care. And he gave him a whole earful and like they never said it again. So it's like they're there. It, it's all there for a purpose. There's nothing um, that's an accident. And what we need to stop doing is we need to stop trying to project on other people our normal. Mm. And, and and act like if they're not at the same position that we are or if they're not at a, at if their if their normal doesn't seem normal to me, then that means they must be out of step with God, because what you're doing is pridefully and kind of egotistically projecting on other people that, you know, what normal is to God. Right. Mm. And like what he's trying to do. And that's why I love like like Dirty Red. Right. Like doing his stuff, yeah. and speaking, even, you know what I mean? Like there are a lot of people who are doing amazing things who are different. Um, and I think it was Jeremiah Wright that got in a bunch of trouble, you know, with, when Obama was, was running during his first term, because mm -hmm. one thing that he said that I loved, he was like, you know what I'm saying? Different does not mean deficient. And like, Oof, we, we always lean towards like people are different. So, and then even from a Christian perspective, like if, if it's, if people are different, there must be some deficiency of faith, not that there's in that in that in that um, situation or in that specific area. That means God is going to abound in grace in yeah. their life in that area where he created a need because like, you know, and, and, I, and I love because Paul was like, you know, I have this thorn in the side so that I stop. Like, you know, what I mean, like it's here to stop me from being prideful. Yeah, because and like that man it, got met on the road by Jesus, got told to develop his own ministry in the wilderness, had a great following. It was the only person like he would have like that's the that's the that's the that's going Hollywood in our, our yeah. current standards. Right. Like he went viral with the Gentiles and yeah. he needed to not have pride. Right. And he knew that's what that was there for. But God loved him so much. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, you don't look at it that way, but God loved him enough not to let him step out of his own calling to give yeah, him something that humbled him so that he stayed on par and then to, um, and then to keep it going that way. But yeah. Yeah. And uh, to that point, I'm glad you mentioned Paul because the first episode of my podcast, I talked about why I started it. And what happened was last December, I have one of the worst like bouts of migraine, my head, it was, it was just all around physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, it was just not a good time. Yeah. And I, you know, in the way that God speaks to me, he was, he literally said, Hey, I know you're hurting. I'm here with you, but are you going to let this make you better or bitter? Yeah. <laughs> and in that, um, I started reading that particular passage about Paul and his thorn. And I noticed that something we neglect is what happens when God doesn't remove it? He strengthens you. And like you said, he gives you grace to withstand whatever that thorn is. And we never really talk about, I don't think I've ever heard from the pulpit, someone talk about how 
Paul continued his ministry with his thorn. We always talk about the people who were miraculously healed or delivered, but we neglect that one detail about Paul. <laughs> yeah, and I, for, I was studying, uh, I think, and I, uh, you know, somebody fact check me, but I was studying um, the book of Galatia, right? And just reading like the intro and like Paul stopped in, Paul had like a medical emergency and stopped in Galatia. So I'm like, Paul, like that was the ER visit, right? Like he had to stop. He wasn't headed there, but he had to stop there. Um, and so like that was an urgent, like or like Galatia, like the entire region got saved because Paul had to go to urgent care, right? Like he had to stop Ooh. for a minute. And I'm like not understanding the impact of that. Um, and even with his travels, right? Like he couldn't travel as far. So he had to stop in different regions and, you know, and kind of break his trip up into more manageable things so that he could do it. Um, with his health complications, but then everywhere he stopped, God was doing things that allowed him to have, you know, to to change and con conform, I mean, and to convert entire regions just because he had to make a pit stop. Um, and so that's why I say all the time, and I saw I saw like sunshine in the chat, they were like, if I got to go to the doctor, they about to get this Jesus. Like, that's how I want everybody <laughs> to feel. Like, it's what like, I'll I'll be, I be shocked, I'll be like, where my I'm a Christian shirt at? Well, we got a new doctor today. Like I, I had on my make racism illegal at my rheumatology appointment today. <laughs> I will wear, uh, you know, I will wear my I'm a Christian shirt to my pulmonary function test tomorrow. Um, yeah. But I think that's what we have to understand as well. Right. In the in the times that we have to rest, in the times that we have to stop, um, in the way that we have to kind of like fragment our lives sometimes and not do things in a normal way. Um, that that God can abound in those areas as well, right? Like in the grace that He gives us, in the comfort that He gives us, and I I love that I love that 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 phrase that you use because, like you said, we don't we want to talk about blessings, we want to talk about all of this other stuff, like, but we don't like talking about comfort, right? Mm -hmm. Like, com especially comfort in pain, comfort in um in in you know in the reality or in the information or or in bad news, or in having a bad day, um, it's just being able to reach out to God for that and not always expecting him to just, to, to put you in a position where you're just permanently comfortable, but to put mm -hmm. you in a position where you're dependent on him to feel that comfort or to feel a level of comfort. And so, you know what I mean? And so I, I, I thank God for it. I thank God for you. Um, and, you know, the the Better Not Bitter podcast, I'll, I'm in a second here, I'm gonna let you let the people know how to connect with you. But I just want to encourage you to like keep doing what you're doing, right? Keep being a light and a highlighter, right? That that makes the <laughs> words of God stand off the page, right? Um, in a in a way that's that's new and um that's new and dynamic because people need it. I see you talking to people in the community. Um, I think they all I think there's a Christian voice needed in all of these spaces around mental health and chronic illness and disability, because even like the podcast I shared with you, there's a sense of, mm -hmm. of hopelessness, even if it's finite and like, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm getting over it there. You don't see the hope of Christ in it. Um, cause, uh, cause, and you know why? Cause a lot of these people get pushed. A lot of these people get pushed away from the church. So they're not yeah. the ones speaking. They're not the ones having a voice. So, um, keep doing that and and just being um being a representative of of what God's grace look like and what faith looks like um in action. So, but how can the people get in touch with my with my sister Maya? How can they know where you're at? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Maya Warren, which is M-A-Y-I-A-W-A-R-R-E-N. 
Um, you can find me on YouTube the same way. Um, and I just want to say thank you for having me, uh, you know, being able to talk about this, uh, especially with someone who holds the the title of pastor uh, is a unique opportunity. You don't get that <laughs> <Yeah>. much <laughs> very often. And um, I'm just thankful to God that he's put me on this very interesting and stretching journey. Uh, nonetheless. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, it was good to see you, sis. Uh, we're going to close it out. I will. I don't know when this is going to release. I know I will see you on Saturday because we're going to go right. out here and serve in these streets and love I'm on excited. people <laughs> with our broken selves. Um, so for all y'all who normal and ain't going out to volunteer and helping nobody, what you doing with all that extra energy you got? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But thanks, sis. We love you. You know, as Thank always, you. if you need anything, let us know. But uh, this is a savage truth. I'm Pastor Roy. God bless y'all. Peace out. They keep asking who I am. I just tell them I'm a Christian. Occupation, a description. I just tell them I'm a Christian. Nationality, ethnicity. I tell them I'm a Christian. Keep the hyphens and division.